What up, Fatherhoods Nation? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. They've got ill creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that. You can make a little paper from your podcast too with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child. This is KGB. What up, is DJ EFN. This is your boy, Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods Podcast. Uh-huh. Alex. What's up, gents? What's up, gents? What's up, fellas? Doing all right. Enjoying some snow over here. Did we Did we not record last week? Nope. Nah. Didn't. We skipped. Damn. We, we were all roaming around doing doing things. Doing fatherhood shit. Yep. Or not. We were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Working, I think. <laughs> Well, on, on on my way to a work trip, I uh, I saw a movie on the plane that that freaked me out. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's actually one of my work, one of my nightmares. You remember we were talking a couple episodes, E, that um, you know you've been thinking a lot about, um, or you paranoid about passing away and not having everything structured yeah. for, for your daughter yeah. and everything. So one of my things that is always in the back of my head is, and and what I often pray about is just hoping that my son dodges the uh, recreational use of of drugs and alcohol. Mm. So, because you just never know where it's going to take a person, right? I, I think um, you know we we can all say that you know we've got ourselves under control, but you just never know, like. For my wife, for example, she really has never tried anything, which is good for her. But her dad scared the shit out of her when she was a kid, hmm. saying, like, you know, don't ever try anything because you might be the one person who, as soon as you try it, you're going to be addicted and be done. <laughs> you know that? Right. Your girl doesn't even drink either? No, she drinks recreational. Oh. I mean, just occasionally. Right. But, yeah, never done anything anything like else. hard drugs. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, so I think her dad scaring her when she was a kid worked but i was watching this movie on the plane called beautiful boy you you, you heard of that one nah. Nah. what's the dude what's the dude from the office what's his name steve steve carell yeah, yeah. oh i I've, I've i've seen commercials for that it looks interesting <clears throat> super depressing um <laughs> but essentially like he's got a he's got a kid and he, he um they're divorced and the kid goes back and forth um but he's 18 or something and in his teens he started doing heavy drugs and like the parents didn't really know about it and he basically gets hooked on crystal meth and just goes through Damn. a downward spiral and you know the dad is having to check him into rehab and then he goes missing and you know, just like all the shit that that if you're a parent will just you know make your life a nightmare mm. so uh, i was watching that just thinking damn man because it just brings up a lot of different questions like one uh, spoiler alert for the movie but uh, you know near the end the kid really kind of goes rock bottom and it's been one of the, it's 
been this yo-yo scenario of him getting clean and then falling back off. And then, and so after a while, you don't really know what to believe anymore. Um, and then the son calls up again and says, dad, I really need your help. And at that point, like the dad just was like, yo, like, I can't, I can't help you anymore. Like, shit, you know, you're going to have, and, and you just have to walk away from it, puts the son's pictures away and just like tried to walk away from it. What do you guys think about that? Have you, cause I mean, I, I've had that in my family, alcohol and drug abuse. And, you know, there's really not a whole lot you can do for someone uh, right. once once they're in that mix uh they really have to get you know hit a hit a spot where they figure it out themselves but as a parent i mean we're all parents of young children right now um but just i don't know man what would you guys think about that idea of just not being able to continue to help it, it it's scary man i mean Myself, like I've, I grew up where my dad was was an alcoholic. Is an alcohol? I mean, I don't. I guess he's still an alcoholic, and and that scared me. But obviously, it didn't scare me enough. Hence, I I guess I'm hence, a functioning alcoholic. A <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what to label myself. I'm I'm not necessarily proud in that department because I don't. I think I followed his footsteps to a degree. <laughs> right. You know. I, um. That's why I have these like weird rules where I don't drink alone at home, which. I've kind of broken with some beers, I, I was, guess. I, I was going to ask you, like, do you yeah. keep to them? I mean, I I try. I don't drink like, yeah, I really don't drink alone, and I and I don't drink during the weekdays usually, usually, you know. And so, yeah, I have these. I mean, I was way more strict. I've loosened them up as time has gone by a little bit, but I'm still pretty much there. Where it's like I just drink when I'm either out or when I'm doing drink champs or stuff like that. But I drink often, and I drink when I drink. I drink for real, like I. I guess I'm a binge drinker. So that's so that worries me um definitely for for my daughter and 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 I've seen I mean I luckily I I've never done any any real hard drugs or anything like that but I've seen um firsthand some people that have had some serious serious issues to the point where it's like you you can't you won't even believe it unless you've witnessed someone that's really has an addiction problem. Right, and, and when I say addiction, like I, I've seen someone that's hooked on crack, yeah, you know, and um, it's hard for a lot of people to even understand what crack or any hard drug, what what that, you know, they might watch a movie, but people always say, ah, you know, you could, you <clears throat> could, you could free yourself of that, you know, you can, you can, you can get out of, you know, you know, who's addicted, like what is that? Yeah. But yeah, it these gets pe- into people, it, it, yo, I've seen people like I've just seen crazy shit, and I've seen the parents. Get in there, and then the person go to rehab, and then they're clean for like a year, and you think, boom, that's it, and then they fucking relapse, and they relapse from a normal person that you you would never think is a drug addict unless you knew the history, to all of a sudden this person's like in the streets with a nickname, right. work, mm. working the Ave, like wow, crazy, crazy shit that I've seen, and 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 I'm talking about a female here, and that terrifies me for for something like that. You know, to happen to to my daughter, anybody, any of our kids, man, like that's just horrific. I I, I just I'm just I don't know. I, I don't know how you prevent that because I've seen families, good families, bad. Like it's just you never know. It's, it's kind of like a luck of the draw. Like if the kid gets put on, mm-hmm. you like know, what the, yeah, what their makeup is if they, yeah, man. How much do you guys believe or understand? Like you know how they say like addictive personalities. 
Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I feel like everyone is to some, you know. Yeah, everybody degree, is. Right? So, like, it's always difficult for me when people say that. I'm always like, I don't know if that's really something you could point to and be like, oh, that's the trigger or that's the cue for you mm-hmm. to know, like, somebody might be, you know, heading in that direction. But but personally, like, I haven't had too many folks that have affected me directly when it comes to addiction. So it's not something that I, you know, I tend to really think about. And the more I look at my kids, I feel like, you know, I, I'm big into, like, controlling what you can control, right? Like, I don't – I try not to spend a lot of time panicking. Scenario. Yeah. yeah, like panicking or putting <clears throat> right. shit out there that – I don't necessarily, obviously I don't want to happen, but also I don't really foresee. So I just try to keep it to what surrounds me and what I know is happening around us. But it's, I mean, when you just brought it up now, like literally, I don't think I've ever had that thought of, you know, that scenario playing itself out and Mm -hmm. scares the fuck out of me. You know, it's just the way, especially when you said rock bottom, immediately my brain just started going crazy. Like, yo, if I was in that, I wanted to cry. Like, Closing the, you know, taking all the pictures and putting them shits away like the person never existed, bro. That's some fucking hardcore shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it took it, it took them quite a while to get there, but I guess yeah, man. It's like I mean, I don't know. Before I had a kid, and when I used to watch some of those shows like on A and E, I forget what the names of you know where the the intervention and stuff like that, and, and you see yeah. where, you know, I used to be a bit less empathetic and be like, oh, you know, you just got to, you just got to close the door and, you know, let them hit the bottom. Mm. And then you have a kid and then you think, well, damn, not that I want to put that on my kid. And I don't really spend a whole lot of time thinking about it other than just, you know, praying that he stays safe through the years, that kind of stuff. But then I don't know, man, just seeing a movie like that makes me think, damn, what would, like, would I be able to say, you know, don't, don't call here anymore. I can't come bail you out or do anything. Like, I, man, I don't know. I, I I think everybody has that that threshold where that point. Yeah. Is, you know where it's just what can you do anymore if the if the the child. I'm assuming that it's a, a teenager already. Like obviously, right. it's not gonna. Hopefully, it's not a ten year old going through that. <laughs> right. Because right. then it's a whole different situation. But if it's like a a young adult adult at that point, they have to want to help themselves, and that's where you know. The conundrum happens where it's like you just have to like let go and and just what can you do? You can't do anything. You unless without physically like you know abducting the person, kidnapping them, taking them to another country, putting them in a cave, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually that's a great idea. <laughs> and my daughter better not fuck up because so, I will take her to Fallujah or some shit or or whatever in in, in that's in Iraq, but in Afghanistan wherever the cave is. Al Qaeda was hiding in. <laughs> like, you better get clean, motherfucker. Sounds like it sounds like you've been thinking about this shit. I <laughs> I just thought of it right now. I'm Jesus. like, it's a great idea. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know, man. I oh, I mean, yo, we were just talking about this earlier. Like, um, one of my my so today is my daughter's birthday. She turned twelve. Oh damn! Um, yeah, thank you. So it was low key. Like, we haven't really done a ton. You know, because a today was a storm, a snowstorm, so it kind of kept us in the house, and they're off from school. But she did have a couple of her friends come over, and um, one of them, their pa- so their parents are uh, gonna move her up to once she graduates middle school, into a, a private high school around okay. here. 
And, you know, the schools are pretty good. Um, so one of the big reasons why I came out here was, you know, not to have to pay for private school because the public school system was pretty good. Um, but her parents decided to move her into this school when she's of age because her brother, so they moved him into the same private school. Her brother started, you know, wilding out to an extent, right? Like he would be using like those vape pens and like he started going down that road and they felt like the school was the biggest um, influence in him moving in that direction. So they removed him from the school, put him in this uh, private school and they say that he's, much improved like those things those habits are now gone and i and i think about it i'm like okay you know i i guess removing somebody from those situations can help in the, in that but i wonder how much of that cuz i went to private school my whole life we we were doing shit in private school that you would assume doesn't happen right so like i don't necessarily buy that the private school environment is that much better. No, they say it's worse. I I, I tend to agree because especially like for instance, I went to an all boys school because typically like a Catholic school. Oh, it makes a lot of sense now. They, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> they keep everybody separate. And and yo, when you get a whole bunch of teenage boys in one place or teenage girls, like yo, this shit just fucking goes crazy. So. I can only imagine, but I thought it was an interesting take, like why they're thinking about having to pay all this money because they're afraid of certain influences from public school, which I could tell you these public schools here are not, they're not terrible. They're not like the inner city, but you have suburban high schools and middle schools that have their own set of shit that, you know, you got to contend with. You can't really escape it. Basically, no matter what the scenario, you can, you can control the environment a little bit more, but it's still yeah because they're both bad situations one you're restricting someone and you're making them feel restricted which therefore they'll lash out mm-hmm. and they want to try certain things so that's the the private school environment and then the public school you're you're kind of exposing them all at once to to all the you know variety of of things out there and i honestly think being that i did i did go to private school when i was younger and then i went to public school Eventually, I th- I think that um, public school was was a better environment, personally. Mm. I just feel like there's yeah there's more chances of certain things happening, but I think that whole private school mentality, and then when you know you come out and it's like you want to you're wild out like, and then and it, even as I got older, I met people from private schools and they were just like the worst man. Like <laughs> they were they were usually the the kids who sold the drugs, did the drugs, <laughs> right. You know, they they wanted to be hardcore because they they felt they weren't, so they had, they needed something to prove. So you know, so I even met some some wannabe gangsters that were you know got got into a lot of crap, and they were from private schools. Hmm. All that pent up frustration. I guess. So, so your daughter's <laughs> so your daughter's twelve now. Yeah. Do you? How much does she know about? drugs and alcohol and i mean have you ever overheard her talking to her friends or does she ever make any mention of her friends trying anything because i mean i hate to say it at the even at this early age now there's plenty of kids who are doing experimenting crazy shit now. Yeah. yeah yeah uh she hasn't talked to us uh, maybe my wife but she hasn't mentioned it where i've heard it about like her friends getting themselves involved in drugs but I know in the curriculum, so as early as I might, I might even might have been fourth grade, they started to explain to them the range of drugs that are around them, 
and what they do, even like uh, vape pens. So like vaping mm. being such a big thing now, it, it's being treated as something harmless, right? Like that's the perception that people have. It's, oh, it's so much better than cigarettes and you, you don't smell it or whatever, right? But the teachers have taken a lot of good information and provided it to the kids in context that they understand. And so she's come back from school explaining some of those things that she's learned. And that was really interesting for me to hear coming out of her mouth. And she actually, it wasn't like, it wasn't like fear tactics. Like, you know, what me growing up, people would tell me, Oh, you know, don't, don't smoke or don't do drugs or whatever, because, and then they flash to like, you know, the, the that old commercial where they had like the fried oh, egg. The, yeah. Sizzling on the pan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like this, this is, is your, your brain. <laughs> or, or Nancy Reagan, man. Yeah. I always said no to drugs because of Nancy. Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> remember when she was on different strokes? Nancy was? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. I, don't remember. I mean, I'm sure I saw it because honestly, I, I actually listened. <laughs> yeah. So like, so, you know, it, it's, it's encouraging. Um, that in school they're trying to teach this stuff, and my daughter, I'm I'm less worried about her because she's she's kind of fearful about a lot of things, which I don't necessarily like. But for this particular situation, I think she's least likely to start exploring shit like that because she, if she starts to lose a little bit of control, she goes into full out panic mode and she doesn't like that sensation. So yeah. what, whether it's, you know, the sense of getting high or drunk or whatever, she's going to lose her fucking mind. So I don't think she's going to get down that path anytime soon. Mm. Now, that true. might be key though. Some, that might be the personality trait that you look for. Someone that doesn't like losing control. Cause that's part of the reason why I've never really wanted to do hard drugs. Cause I don't like to lose control. I felt like for some reason in alcohol, I have some kind of control. It's like my alter ego, Ethan in a cup. He has control. <laughs> Total control. <laughs> um, real quick, though, talking about this stuff, have, have I haven't really seen like the details of this, but there's this whole hoopla with the Obama daughters or daughter. I don't know if it's both of them involved or just the one that, mm-hmm. that she was drinking rosé or something. I think it was the older one or was it the younger one? I haven't seen that. that not familiar line. with it, no. Yeah, that's that's been something that I saw, and I thought it was funny that we're talking about this because supposedly, you know, like, the ride or whatever has been pouncing on it because there's, like, video or pictures of her drinking champagne with her friends. But then people are like, yo, she's 20 years old. Like, what the hell? Champagne with your friends? Like, that's bad? Right. So, oh, that must have been some, some right-wing uh, media, right? Well, like, no, no, no. It was... I mean, yeah, yeah, the right wing, the right side is pouncing on her. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Malia. <laughs> yeah, I th- you I think guys it's... don't know it. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> ah, <fuck> it. <laughs> so what, uh, when did you guys, like, get introduced to, to alcohol? E, I can, I can imagine just because of the Latino background. Well, Introduce as in knowing what alcohol was and seeing people drink it, or introduce as me trying it. You trying it, yeah. Um, I mean, according to my my mom, they used to dunk my my uh, the tete in a freaking rum or something to uh, help me to sleep or to help uh, me with teething. I don't know, some crap like that. Teething, yeah, teething. And I remember as a young kid, um, either they would give me either let me try real champagne or it would usually it was like apple cider see that and i thought i was drinking champagne mm-hmm. but it, to me even that now that i now just right now thinking about it even if you you know they're giving you something that's like fake alcohol 
the fact that a kid is drinking something, pretending they're drinking alcohol, it might not be the best, you know, route to go. Yeah, you're encouraging that mindset right. early. But, but honestly, because of everything that happened with my father and knowing that alcohol was involved in that, I really tried to stay away from, from alcohol. And when I did start drinking as a teenager, like late teens, um, I would drink, you know, beer, but like Coronas and something like that, you know. And I tried to stay away from hard liquor mm-hmm. because I was like, hard liquor is what my dad would drink. And I'm not going that route. And then, you know, eventually I was like, this fucking Corona sucks, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's the point of drinking this crap? And then and then I ended up uh, drinking rum and Salavi. Rest is history. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll never drink anything else. And then at some point, I don't know what happened. I started drinking anything that was <laughs> how, how about you, Kay? Um, I was kind of very similar to E's story. So my uh, I grew up around and, and lived a lot with uh, my grandfather and my uncles. And they were all alcoholics and or and you know had drug problems Mm. so i you know i just saw it firsthand all the time and all the issues and the problems so i was always just like man i'm not i'm not fucking going that route at all right and so for the longest you know i was just not into the idea of drinking or doing anything a couple times in high school maybe in like 10th grade you know there might have been some times where i tried some wine or some beer you know snuck off and did that but I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't like, oh man, I gotta do it again. That kind of stuff. So it wasn't. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't until a little later on that you know, then I kind of realized that I could, you know, I could do my own thing, and I wasn't necessarily bound by, you know, what my family members were going through. But that seeing that and being around it, and not liking being around it, um, definitely kept me from from uh, going crazy when I was young. So, when I was young, <laughs> <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, so for you guys, it wasn't like a glamorous thing. It was more addiction was kind of like the the mainstay for you guys, and then it kind of, as far as influences go, the scourge of the family. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it, and it's interestingly, you guys saw that and were turned off and decided to, you know, let me not go down that path. For me, it was introduced to me more glamorously. So, like, every New Year's, my uncle and my family, we would, you know, have a New Year's celebration. And it was popping Moet bottles, right? And then spraying it on everybody. And that was... Fuck yeah, Studio 54. <laughs> nah, that shit, that shit was at the crib. <laughs> that shit was at the crib, man. And that was, you know, it was like this whole, like, baptism every year. Of, like, Yo, live at the Copa, son. Yeah, that shit was, that shit was popping. So, so uh, we... Yeah, oh, me. So we... <laughs> so it, it was, you know, getting it sprayed all over the place. And I must have been, I don't know. Pause. the champagne sprayed everywhere i must have been maybe like eight when i I could last you know first remember it and as it's being sprayed around it's gonna you know you're gonna taste it and that was kind of my first taste of some sort of alcohol and then from there um it was just a matter of like every time i go to dr like my uncles would be at some club i think i might have been 12 and then they 
they let me into the club first of all, which I was like, okay, that's weird. And then we sit down, and there's like mad bottles of Brugal, and so they start handing me cups. <laughs> they start handing me cups to that shit, and I was like, whoa! I took like a sip, and I was like, that shit's too tough. But then in college, that's when the shit really hit the fan. When I was at the University of Massachusetts, goddamn, bro, no bueno. And here I am. Party time. <laughs> I don't know if we're like endorsing drinking or like nah. dissing it or if we're just like, we don't know what to make of it. I think we're, we're, yeah. we're I don't neutral. think we really know what to make of it. <laughs> I mean, look, this is what I, over the years, you know, as I've thought of it, because obviously I'm disappointed that, you know, when we were young, I was like, oh, the alcoholic, I'm not going to be like that guy. And then I'm like, ah, fuck, I'm like that guy, um, which I'm not really like that guy. But just the fact that I'm drinking, um, yeah. and I'm known for drinking now. I have a show that's revolved <laughs> around drinking. All of this stuff is a little, you know, it's something that I have to, you know, deal with in my mind. But there is cultures, there's other countries where like none of this taboo of drinking, shit, even hard drugs, yeah. like they just they, they, it's a different culture. And I, and I and I'm trying to think like, you know, how are the family lives there with without the taboo, and how are the, the how is the health like? You know, do we really know everything we need to know about addiction, about, you know, all of this liquor, alcohol, drugs? Like, I don't know. It's, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely going to be, I think it's definitely a, a topic that we can further revisit because there were some other parts in the movie that could veer off into a whole nother conversation. But let's talk, let's talk hip hop instead. <laughs> we can talk about our guest as well. True, true. He's a drinker, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's call up... Uh, who we calling, E? Calling Razzy Kazzy. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> so now we want to introduce our special guest this week. He is a good friend, a West Coast legend, a hip-hop legend. Let's make some noise for Raz Kazzy in the building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When we make noise here, it's baby sounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll, insert, we'll insert those sound <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I'm a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Raz? Oh, man, out here freezing in L.A. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's cold as brick, bro. It's yo, cold out here right now. Yo, Raz, this, this is Manny Digital. Yo, it is 27 degrees where I'm at right now, B. Wow, where you at? In New York. He's in New York. Oh, well, well it ain't that bad. But, All you right. Know, when in Rome, man, I'm, you know, we used to, like, <laughs> cold for us is like 60. <laughs> right now, right now it's like forty or something. It's yeah. cold, dude. Yep. Ah, uh, shit. Yeah. All right. Okay, hey, So, so what is uh just to so again, you know, we we talking about dad stuff here and just kind of going back and forth. What's the um, what's the family dynamic on your end? How many? I know you got twins, right? Yeah, I got Raz and Taj, man, and uh, I I had a son that passed away. You know, whatever that was some years back, but uh, damn, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, things happened, it was Sid, so yeah, uh. like he died as, as an infant. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my guys, Raz and Taj. Okay, how old are they? I don't know, and I don't want to date myself. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, teenagers. Would it be possible that we're the same age? <laughs> Brother, father? We, I don't know. Does that work? Can we, yeah, can, we, can, can, can we be 22-ish? 
All of us? <laughs> oh, you guys are chiplets. <laughs> no, they're, exactly. No, no, they're 22. <laughs> Dope. <laughs> are, are, are they also in the music industry? Yeah, they're. Uh, it's kind of funny. It runs in the genetics. So their mom is uh, a singer, uh, Tedra Moses. Yep, yep. And, uh, yeah, so they can hold a note, and they can rap and tap a little bit. So they started uh, seriously pursuing the music, I would say, when they were, like, 17. So they've been doing it now for, yeah, like, you know, about four or five years. They're doing their thing, man. I'm, I'm proud of them. They have a group because they grew, they kind of grew up in Miami. They went to high school and some of middle school in Miami. So they moved back to L.A. when they graduated, and then they came with their uh, their homie, uh, Rio Los, who's Colombian, and the other homie. So they're called Coast Contra. They're, I guess the Coast Contra implies the West Coast and the South Coast. Mm. Yeah. So you said they grew up in Miami, and you were back and forth from Miami to L.A.? Or you, you bounce around a lot, right? That's why he did Miami Life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. Um, Tedra Tidra had a condo, and, and she was living in L.A., and then when they were, you know, in middle school, she decided that uh, she wanted to full-time live in Miami. So, yeah, they moved in uh, probably about, yeah, when they were like 12-ish, something like that. And then, uh, yeah. Maybe a little earlier than that. Maybe 10. Yeah, about 10. Maybe about 10. So they kind of, best of both worlds. But yeah, I would always, you know, I'd go out there and go catch them. And so how did how did you take that? Just, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you, when they were younger, were you guys all living together or were you used to, were you used to yeah, we, being apart from them? Lived, or how, how did that work for you? No, we, we lived together for the, uh, the first, until they were, I would say till they were about five. Okay. Okay. We we broke up. Um, something like that. Till they were about till they were about five. Um, then we broke up. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was always been you know, um, you know, there's definitely peaks and valleys. I wouldn't sit here and make it seem like we've always gotten along perfectly, being yeah. your mom or whatever. Yeah, we're right. human beings. Um, but uh, you know she's you know she's 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 a, a dope human being and you know we 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 gotten do you know do a lot of stuff and they they would I would go see them and uh, you know they'd come hang with me. So how did that how did that affect the relationship with you and and your sons when you guys first broke up and you weren't living with them anymore? I mean what because I'm sure there's a lot of dudes it, that go it, through it that. everybody. They hurt everybody. I mean, of course, but it was the best thing we ever did. They're just people grow apart and they grow differently, and they, you know, and and uh, son, I actually told my sister, my older sister, she was asking, you know, um, she asked me like she's trying to divorce her husband after twenty years of unhappily being married. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, you know, children infer that the best thing you could do is if you ain't getting along with somebody, is to leave. Because you're only just sitting there making everybody miserable together. So you're sitting there. So, of course, it hurt, but it's the best decision I think we ever made. I'm a happy person. I think she's better off. I think the boys are better off. It's interesting you said that because I always run into a lot of people who they're just they're unhappy in their relationships and they have kids. And they always say, well, I'm just staying in it for the kids. I'm staying in it for the kids. <laughs> you're, you're That's the norm. Miserable. You, but you are making everybody miserable. 
kids can feel that unhappiness, and obviously the partner feels that unhappiness, and, and you're just dragging everybody down, and then you snap it, and you mad, you got a bad attitude. Like, if it's not good and it's not healthy, why, why, why continue to buy in it? You're not doing nobody no favors. Being, if you're no good to yourself, you're no good to nobody else, especially a child. Yeah. So right. if you're not in a good place in a relationship, you shouldn't be with that person, and you damn sure shouldn't drag your kids into your unhealthy, unhappy life. <laughs> Preach. Well, we, we know where Raz stands on this. <laughs> Break your ass up now. <laughs> Fuck out of that relationship. Oh, yeah, bitch. A move. It, it ain't the coward way out. It's the right thing to do. To, no, no, absolutely. So you can be a better person. The coward way is to stay in something and ruin everybody's shit. I mean, it's also it's also the way you approach it, right? Because you mentioned the cowardly way. I mean, it could be somebody trying to run away from responsibility also. Like, that's... I think yeah, that's one of those yeah. things that you, you hear people say, but if it's like one of these, like, it sounds like in your case, you know, it was like something you guys decided was the best move for both of y'all, and y'all had the kids in mind, and it sounds like the relationship is pretty solid to this day, so, you know, it's it's all... I mean, there, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, it's, we have come to, you know, I don't, <laughs> when they turned 18, the reality of life was, I was like, bro, I, I literally don't have to do shit for you ever again. <laughs> I like it. I genuinely felt, you know, but but it ain't about that. Like, I feel, you know, I finally, now that they're older and, like, you know, like, they were in the studio with me. The niggas broke a glass, probably $2,000 table with Scott Storch. One nigga pushed the nigga into the, kept telling them, stop jumping on the fucking cows. One nigga kicked the other one into a bus of two. I didn't care about the table. I cared about my kids. So I still see them as these babies. And I started to understand what my mom and dad saw in me and my sisters. And it's a different kind of love. You know what I mean? And so just to, you know, whether they understand all my decision making or whether I did everything right or whether their mom did everything right, it's not really what's important. What's important is doing the best you can and trying to be the best person you can be first for yourself. Because once again, if you're no good, for yourself, you can't be any good for anybody else. And I think that's the the values that America tries to teach is you should go sacrifice yourself and be miserable to to be with some chick mm-hmm. or or whatever or some chick to be with some dude because you got this kid. And then you're just killing everybody. And everybody ends up with a fucking black job. It's not a good idea, man. Um, and, and, and just just to extend on what you were saying, no, I mean, they're, they're, you know, me and their mother are we had peaks and valleys, man. We don't we don't always see eye to eye. You know, she has a narrative, I have a narrative. I always say there's two right. sides of every story, yours, mine, and the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. but at this point, um, we came through the other side. We are human beings. There's no manual how to be the best dad or mom ever. We do the best we can, and the one thing we do know is that we love and want the best for each other. That's what that's where we're all at. How did you? <laughs> When, when, when you wrote a song, we did a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, like I said, all my sisters, I did a whole family song. Me, my sons, my dad, my mama, they mama. Yeah, let's get it out in the open. Let's heal. That's what it got. You got to heal, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a fact. When you're uh, when, when your kids started having an interest in being in music, were you hesitant at all? Were you glad that they that they wanted to go down that route? <laughs> Raz, uh, Chris always had the, the, like, literally, so like I said, they would, 
you know, but I'm just keeping them when they with me and they at the studio. Right. That's where I'm at. Yeah, they, they grew, grew up around up it. The booth. They grew up in the booth and Uncle Exhibit and, you know, Snoop Dogg over here and Shim Shady, Eminem. Like, they, you know, interacted with these people, you know, on a regular basis. Um, so Taj could hold a note and he had a he had these weird times, like these patterns. He wasn't even saying words. He just would try to do some words, but he had time. So I used to steal his flows, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I used to record him and take his flows. Like, <laughs> Damn, you jacking your kids. <laughs> they want their oh, publishing. Yeah, he, he, no pub. I was puffing. Take that, take that. No, but no, they, um, so... They actually had they had that Nate uh, <laughs> skill set, especially Taj. Um, and then they got older and got taller. Um, you know, like middle school, they got them some b-ball. They, you know, they wanted to hoop, which is great. I didn't want no rappers. I mean, you know, this is a rough industry. It's not all the you know, you know, pop bottles and the models and all that. You know, like it's a lot of hard work and sacrifice and politics and letdowns and you know whatever. So I didn't really want that for my sons. I, I wanted a I wanted a lawyer because, you know, hmm. I do dumb stuff and go to jail. So I wanted <laughs> one of those. And I wanted an accountant. I wanted an accountant. This guy wanted to work for him. Yeah, uh, girl, yeah, be my manager, my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going back, son. Like, <laughs> like stealing their flows wasn't enough. You want them to work for you forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, so you the rapper versus really, Donald Trump. Fucked <laughs> <laughs> up. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. man. So no, I um I did not want no rappers, bro. Cause I just it's it's not like I have, you know, you know, you know, we ain't got no Beyonce J money over here. Like we're still artists fighting for for right. our part and our stuff. So it's not like they get grandfathered in and just already on the top of the food chain. So I didn't, you know, for me, I didn't really want them to have to deal with the crap I put up with and, the, you know, some of the stuff that moms, you know, had to deal with. Uh, but I remember me wanting to do to do my music and my father initially, you know, kind of shut it down and was kind of dismissive. And, I, you know, I, I remember how disappointing that made me feel. Um and I'd never, you know, I promise I would never be that kind of person. So anything they, you know, they try to do, I'm going to support it, period. You know what I mean? So, Raz, why don't you take us back? Like, as far as your own fatherhood experience, you know, you as the son in this in this example, how was that upbringing? Like, what was that relationship like? Oh, man. Uh, my pops, I love this dude. But let me just, let me first say that. I love my dad. He was Super cool, super, super cool. But I don't think him and my mom were at a good place. They didn't like each other. He was miserable. So he was kind of checked. He was mentally checked out. Um, he was an asshole. I didn't like him. When he left, I, we went We went to a family reunion. I, I already prefaced this with the fact that I love my dad now, and I realized how much I am my father. But we went to a family reunion in Louisiana, and when we got back, we thought the house was broken into. This nigga had cleared all his shit out when I was 12. Uh, oh, shit. Sure. Yeah, he was unhappy. And so, and he never told me he loved me. He never, never. My father never hugged me, never told me. He, he never me. uttered those words, I love you, to you? When we were kids, when I was a kid, no. He, nothing. I'm his only son. But I just thought mm. that's an emotional dude. You know what I'm saying? My dad's a, a, a Marine. 
and a fucking police officer, rigid guy. So mm. I thought that was the way to be anyway. So I, it, you don't, you can't miss what you never had. I didn't know any different. I didn't know right. you were supposed to give you a hug and tell you I love you, kid, and throw a football at you. My nigga was on some. He wanted to go fish. He shot guns with his homies. You know, whatever. And then he would, you know, <laughs> honestly on the low, he would take me with him. <laughs> his mistress's houses and then I've now I recall and they come out and be like oh he looks just like you then he go disappear for like 15 minutes in the house <laughs> oh man so <laughs> my dad I love him and I'm very much like him I and so if, if you know by me life I'm saying after pro life talking about my father that's a, a classic Freud and me hating oh, you know not Oedipus because he wanted to sex with mom so I don't have that issue uh, but I did not like my father <laughs> and my father told me rap was a fad and he didn't care about that either and I'm like I'm gonna show you I'm dope and I'm like and so beat it so that's all my rebellion so he um, he fueled the beginning of your rap career to an extent yes he did wow. yes he did well, well yes, thank did. you thank you dad thank you and then as I got older you know I had rather times I remember I flew in from Europe and I got home and I you know whatever my voicemail and my mom's asking for fifteen thousand dollars because or she's gonna lose the house and this that, and third and so and so need this. And I remember I was getting gas and uh, I broke down. I started crying. Um, it's just like everybody thought I had all this stuff I didn't have and all the pressure was on me. And I, I remember I called my dad. I called him. I was just like, man, thanks. This is hard. It's harder than it looks. And he was like, it's a thankless job, son. You know, being a father a lot of times, especially as a <laughs> I'm a boy, you know, boys and boys, you know, there's mama's boys and daddy's girls. That's kind of how it works out. And so, right. you know, my boys love their mom. They're not going to be hugging on me all the time. They, they're mama's boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just how it works out. And so, I, you know, um, you know, I, sometimes I, I felt definitely not appreciated. I'm sure she has her version and her issues too. But, uh, you know, for me, it took me being 19, 20 years old, having that, realization of, uh, you know, that I'm glad my dad left so he could go find him some peace. And then, you know, and, and, and now it's my G that's the homie. And I understand him because I understand myself. Hmm. Raz, you, you had gotten locked up, right? Well, obviously. Yeah. How, how was the, I mean, what's the longest stretch you ever had to do? If you don't mind saying. Um, two years, I've done two years twice. And and what kind of effect did that have on your relationship with your kids? Um, we tried. We kind of told them the first time. Um, you know, she, you know, teacher was helpful in that. She, we kind of told them that I was on tour because they were still kind of younger. Mm. And then the second time, then I could tell them like, "Nigga, the jig is up, bro." I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm assuming they never went to one of your shows on that tour. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, yeah, no. And I didn't want them there anyway. I didn't want them to see me like that. Right, right, place, right. You know, not a place you, you know, that traumatizes kids. So I, yeah. I wasn't interested in coming to see me during those times. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it, it really is just you end up, you, you know, uh, you feel like you disappointed people. Obviously, you have. You've disappointed yourself. You've uh, pissed off the government, and they're going to take it out. To, you know, they're going to tax you. So your time is. Is, is your money? So yep. that's what the you know that's what prison is. It's a fucking human storage. Like we're gonna store you here, 
maybe work you for, for pennies on a dollar slavery, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you subject yourself and put yourself in those positions, you, you kind of, you lose your, you actually don't, you become a ward of the state. So you're not even a citizen. You, you relinquish your citizenship when, when you sign those papers and go to prison. And, yeah. So that's rough. You become a number. You're just a number. And, uh, uh, yeah, that's something, you know, that sucks to, you know, you don't want your kids to see that, you know, but I did it. I learned a lot about myself. I realized that unfortunately I can do it. I'm, I'm like, some people break down and stress out. Like I kind of, I'm kind of okay with prison. <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's bad. But some people are institute. Like I'm not institutional. Yeah. I was about right. to say you could adapt you could adapt basically right i i i grew up with i got a in a house full of women i didn't hang out with them so i'm used to being alone mm. my dad wasn't talking to me he was unhappy right and so i'm used to being alone i'm used to not really talking to nobody i write i read my books and do my shit so if, if i didn't have anything to do with my life i could do prison but I have a lot to accomplish and a lot, you know, I have expectations for myself and I like sex with women. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you had to give, um, if you had to give advice to somebody who's coming out and, and they have to, you know, reestablish their relationship with their kids, what, is there any, anything, any takeaway that, that you think is good advice? Um, the one thing, you know, I would say, I, I told this to Brad, and I, I, I told him, I, I think I said... Talking about his son, everybody, in case people are confused. Yeah, not, you're not talking about yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, with Brad, with my, with my junior. Right. Um, I, I kind of, I just, you know, whatever. We, we, we got into it or whatever about something. I was like, look, bro, like, learn from my successes and my failures. Because I am not perfect. And I never said I was. And the other part about it is this is my life and I'm going to do what I want to do with it. You do the same. But I love you no matter what. That's what a parent, I think, should say. I remember my mother telling me because I said so. That's not really a good answer. Because you say so. You don't know shit, mama. You you understand what I'm saying? You don't know, mom. So what I try to do is say, this is probably how this will turn out. And that's why I would suggest you don't do that. Because that works better with me than telling me because I said so. My father used to say, you have a problem with authority. You're obstinate. That's my dad's word for me. And I, he was right. Because if you tell me left, I'm definitely going to go right. Because I don't want to hear you telling me what the fuck to do. I'm not, right, I'm not wired that way. So understanding myself, I think I understand my sons enough to try to treat them with humanity in the same way. I've always tried to do that with them. Give them what I probably... If you play this movie out, this will probably be what happens, which is why I, and I can tell you from my successes and failures, that didn't work out well. So I would suggest you don't do it. But it's up to you. It's your life, as you should. Now, now and I'm going to love you, no matter what. And hopefully you, you love me and understand that I'm a human doing the same thing out here. Nobody has all the answers. Now, with them in, I guess, I don't know how deep in music they are at this point. I mean, if that's their livelihood or not. But how how do you approach them potentially succumbing to you know the traps of the industry whether it's the drinking drugs they, all, they that kind of all that kind of stuff they're pretty wired well man you know niggas smoke their weed and you know one drink and whatever like um 
I can't control them. You know, at the end of the day, I can only give them advice. And once again, I'm a, I'm not a big druggy guy, you know, and I don't think they're bombing. So, you know, for 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 them, I just think they've seen enough of that. They've been around this lifestyle for a long time. And they kind of saw the people that OD'd and so-and-so that did this. And, you know, Pops is over here drinking and driving, shouldn't have been doing that shit and fucking his life up. So I think they just seen a lot of it. I think they they, um, I think they played that part of the movie out. I don't really anticipate, you know, knock on wood. Uh, they just seemed, they, they're kind of old souls like me anyway. I yeah. was old soul, you know. Um, and they got a squad and, it, you know, I know their producer, he a good dude out of Atlanta, like, um, they just, they just, they, they're adjusted human beings. They didn't grow up with a silver spoon. They know they one mistake away from homelessness. Like just, like my mom came from poverty. You know, my mom was from Louisiana. You know, she, she was broke. You know what I mean? And she worked her ass off. And she used to always tell us, like, uh-huh. you know, if you guys don't get it together, you're gonna be broke. We ain't got no money like that. And that's what Teacher and I try to tell. He's gonna try to tell them, like, bro, you gotta get out here and fight and and make good decisions because you ain't guaranteed nothing except my publishing. That's what, you know, I'm leaving. That's what I'm going to leave for them. That my legacy is they may not love me now, but I'm one of the greatest and I'm putting the work in. And when I die, they can collect all that bread. And on a lighter note, <laughs> <laughs> but that's real though. I mean, that's not a bad thing. No, no. Y'all got to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I no. Mean, I, I, I'm having fun right now. I, I got, you know, I'm 22, so I've still got about 18 years <laughs> around here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just, I, I think it's one of those Catch-22 comments that you just made where it's dope to hear that you kind of have it mapped out, but then, you know, there's there's an ending. Right. And that shit sucks. Well, there is an ending, yeah. There is an ending for everyone. I, 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 you know, th- everything has an expiration date, bro. So I'm okay with that. It's what you do with your time. It's people that ain't lived their whole life. They 60 and ain't did shit. Yeah. Scared to death. Never did nothing. Never had no fun with 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 1.5 kids sitting next to a chick they hate and the chick hate them. I live my life. I'm out here enjoying. I'm on a wing and a prayer sometimes, but I have great experiences. I have some great people in my life. Um, you know, period, man. That's what. I've, I've witnessed it. Uh, it I've, hung, I've hung out with Raz. I'm living my best life. <laughs> hey, when your kids were younger, did um, as far as lyrics go and letting them hear songs and stuff, did you censor or kind of limit to what they could hear, or was it basically all you know, nope. whatever, whatever was they around listen, them? They listen to they listen to what I listen to. We play the same video games. We just killing niggas on Tekken, whatever, bro. <laughs> Like I've never done. I mean, What's next? Watching I, porn, I, eating popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Extra <laughs> butter, bitch. <laughs> bro, bro, you want to hear a funny story? One day I, I'm at teachers out. I, I got the boys, and I'm watching TV in the living room, and they in their bedroom, and I hear. What the fuck? So I creep up on the niggas and I go up. These niggas in they going at it like banging, but I'm um, bro. They like four. They're like fuck you, fuck you. Bitch, 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 what's going on here? This is hilarious. So I, I, I'm like yo, this is crazy. But then think about it. They've been fighting and knowing each other since they was in their mom's womb. You feel me? 
Right. So they got a dialogue that they keep amongst themselves that they never showed me and her or my mother or her. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I caught the niggas doing them. And I finally knocked at the door and then they turned in the kid. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know what I told them? At least you're smart enough to not let your mom hear that because she is not going to like it. Mm. I'm like, carry on. Do you. I'm going to go watch TV. Raz is mad proud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my grandmother cussed like a sailor. And I cuss, like, my mom can't curse. When she curses, we laugh because she sounds awful trying to use a cuss word. I curse good. They got a skill set. I'm like, do you, bro? I, I love it. I, you know, my whole thing is know when it's appropriate. They never got in trouble for doing that shit in school. They never did it to their mother. So, right. anyway, you know, aside from that, nigga, fuck you, fuck you all you want. Talk, talk your shit, my nigga, as you should. Talk crazy. <laughs> How did you guys deal with yeah, discipline? I, I, I didn't hide things from them. Okay. I always felt like. The more you hide stuff, that, that taboo is what people start trying to do. Mm. If you make it all taboo, then they freak out like, "Oh, I need to go try it." Might as well show them and let them, you know, let them know. Play this movie out. It's not going to be a good look. It probably won't be a good look. So, so Kay was asking, as far as discipline goes, so the dynamic you guys have, how do you guys handle that, or how was it handled? I'm assuming now it's probably. Um, less. She, she was all. She was always always a disciplinarian. Um, you know, you know, we're men. We got the voice. So the, the fear of God is the voice with us. That's all men really have to do. So, now, nah, I don't want to... Like, I always threaten to fuck kids up, but I don't really want to hit a kid. That's like a mom thing. Like, let the mom... You know, when a nigga get older and the mom can't do nothing, I guess, if your kid is that bad, you got to punch a nigga when he's like 16. <laughs> <laughs> but, let, you know, moms do the whipping, the dad does the... I'm disappointed, nigga. You fucking up. You know what I mean? <laughs> the the nah. grown voice. Yeah, the grown voice. Then niggas cry because you just you break their little spirit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Raz. Um, before you got on, we were talking about uh, drugs and alcohol and 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 you know our kids, you know, possibly getting into it or whatnot. What what's your approach on? On you know preventiveness uh-huh. or, or or even kids following in our own footsteps. You know, like. I know you. You're a drinker. Obviously, I'm a drink champ. So, you yes, know, you what what um what do you what's your outlook on that on 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 trying to curve you know your your children from going down that path or getting into even you know more crazier drugs? Right. Um. I don't have a I don't have a, a I don't have a philosophy on it. What's up, brother? My bad. I got to do this interview, but uh, I'll highlight you in a little bit. Yes, sir. Um. I was gonna say. Enough. Um. You guys there? Sorry about that. Yeah. It's all good. Um. It's all good. Uh, I've just always told them, I'm frank with them as best I can be, man. Like, uh, my mom doesn't drink. My dad barely has a beer. But, you know, I would, I, I abuse my privilege because, partially because, thank you. Thank you. Partially because that's how I was taught. Like, you know, when we were younger, niggas didn't say, hey, let's go have a drink at the bar. Niggas was like, let's get fucked up. Right. That's literally what we said. So with them, I just try to tell them, like, you know, everything in moderation, you can do whatever you want to do, but if you abuse it, look at the mistakes I made or look at, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get all in a business. Um, I figure they'll tell me what they want to tell me. 
um, you know, or they're, if they tell a mama, she's going to tell me anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so you don't um, necessarily, you don't concern, you're not concerned about like, you know, the shit that you hear that's like devastating, you know, God forbid any I mean, of that comes I, your way. If but I, if, I, if I saw some, some if like I signs of it. Them, Right. I don't see signs of them doing it. Like, rads don't really drink. You know what I mean? Like, they just... Like, they're curious about lean or any of that stuff? Nah. And then they got homies that have done shit. They, like, niggas, you know, they see the end of the movie. They just... Right. I, I don't have a, like, a... <laughs> yeah, it's just... I, I, from what I notice about them and what other people notice, like... Like I said, like, like I got... Their, their, their producer is, like, the homie, so he would give me some insight. They just not really them. They, they them niggas like girls, man, and bars and getting money. That's what they own. They like they like chicks and rapping. Dope. Being that nigga, bars. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to be a grandfather anytime soon. So my whole thing is, you know, strap it up, bro. But aside from that, um, yeah, twenty-two year old grandfathers ain't, I, ain't the way. <laughs> Yeah, 22-year-old grandpas, man. I can't be doing that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, You're going to be the same age as your grandkids at some point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a goal, man. <laughs> no, they, um, how, did you, how did you approach no, they, the um, sex talk with them? Ooh, yeah. Think, let's learn from my mistakes and my successes. And the one thing I told them is... Um, well, I told them this. If you want to accomplish things in life, it's really hard to do that when you're obligated to a lady who's in your life and then that new person, that life that you brought on the planet that you love more than yourself. So that's all I've ever tried to tell them. I was like, you know, it's harder. You got to, you know, I, I say this all the time. I've said this many times. There was a time early in my career where I was raising five kids. Me, Tidra, Raz and Taj, and Blue Da Vinci, my cousin. I paid the rent. Nobody had a job. The, the little niggas, they babies. How they gonna have a job? But nobody, she didn't have a job. Blue didn't have no fucking job. So you know what you don't want to do is be obligated to have to feed everybody. So that's the, my big thing about you know with sex. I was like, I would. Put, I literally told them this. I'm very grateful. Not that there's anything wrong with that for whoever's children or somebody's lifestyle, but. I, I I wanted heterosexual boys. I would have accepted them no matter what, but I'm happy that they're heterosexual men to keep my lineage and our family's namesake going. And I would rather them get their life together than be stuck with some chick and having to make decisions about their future because they're obligated to this new life they brought into the world. So that's right. the things I try to tell them is, is that you don't want somebody to have control of your journey and then you don't even like that lady and you're hating, you're kicking yourself in the ass for putting this lady in your life who who now hates your guts and is mad at you and using this kid as a, a, a way to hurt you more mm -hmm. in your journey. So yeah. my suggestion, I told him was, I wouldn't mind if you stayed virgin and, get, you know, got married and and then had, a, had sex. I would, I would think he was the coolest niggas ever. But I doubt that's going to happen because I'm a whore. So, <laughs> <laughs> but but I would just like strap up, bro. You do not want some crazy chick in your bothering you. you know what I mean, like you don't want 
Like, she might be the one this year, but 10 years, can you look up? Do you want to go have for the rest of your life with somebody that you may not want in your life like that? So, right. so far, so good, man. I mean, wear a condom. That's my advice to all men. <laughs> Just wear right. it, motherfucker, bro. It's easy, Unless guys. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still cracking up at uh, a couple episodes ago we interviewed James Lopez who's got his uh, organization Fatherhood is Lit and he said the sex mm-hmm. talk he had his his dad brought him in sat him down and put a porno tape on and had him watch the porno tape <laughs> oh wow <laughs> For extra butter that would, that would be extremely awkward <laughs> yeah. I was going to watch that mad awkward <laughs> yeah that's, that's pretty much what he said yeah <laughs> Couldn't wait for You're it to right. be any, over. Any, any new music on the way? Oh, you got to let them know. Oh, man. Uh, Solo Nights 2, man. Uh, it's, it's, I'm fin- There's a beta sequence that uh, Mr. EFN has heard. So we, right now we're just pulling some records off. But um, I'm, I'm proud, to, proud to say it's, it's, it's done. And uh, it'll, it'll come out through Mellow Music. We got to shoot the videos and everything. So it's probably looking like... Um, like late May. Nice. A great body of work, buddy. So the sequel to the 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 rookie album. Yes, sir. So and cool, for me that was a you know, I think I pulled it off like it it it, it is it is solo on ice too. It's it's basically it's been twenty almost twenty five years for me. So to revisit that and the you know, um it, for me, I just felt like it wasn't something I was just trying to do just on some brand stuff. Like, it had to mean something to me. And I think I did it. I think, you know, I'm really grateful to everybody that helped me get this album sounding sonically um, the next evolution of, 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 of my career, man. I just think it's, it's ill, um, you know, um, conceptually high concept, but dope music, dope lyrically, um, yeah, the lyrics is crazy. Yeah, we're doing some things on that album that have never been done before in rap music, period. Like, we're here to change the game. I'm not here to be. I don't care if they sell more. It ain't no nigga better than me on the mic. So I'm here to prove that. What's crazy is that the first Soul Nice is older than him. Right. How did that happen? <laughs> he was doing that shit in the sack. <laughs> the room, nigga, my daddy balls, nigga. <laughs> This <laughs> firm had studio sessions. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much for joining us, man. You know, we just talking fatherhood shit over here. Man, thanks for having me on fatherhood. Um, I hope I hope I was able to say something positive or somebody could get a nugget. Very Well, for sure, bro. Appreciate you, kid. No, you're you're a friend, so we plan on having you back if, if you if you'll come back. Anytime, brother. I appreciate y'all. Y'all be good. And uh, right. effing, call me whenever, bro. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks, Raz. All right. Thanks, Raz. No worries.